Well, good morning. It's good to be here. Um, sentence that uh, Joseph was talking about me. I just kept feeling that he was just raising the the expect the, the bar way too high in terms of expectations. I'm afraid that by the end of a sermon you might be disappointed. But uh, it's good to be here, and um, it's a blessing to be here. Thank you for we're thankful to the Lord for being able to just to to be able to. S- Meet you all, and and uh, so far it's been uh, it's been a blessing to be able to um, uh, to spend some time with members of the Sp- uh, Spanish Fellowship Group on Friday, and that was a, a blessing in, in and of itself. So, um, but anyway, so uh, you probably were if we were expecting to come this morning and hear Pastor Joseph uh, preach, you probably uh, if you were like if you're like me, you're probably disappointed as well that you, you're not going to listen him preach. I was also looking for. I wanted to. I would rather much sit in the chair and then listen to him preach. Um, but anyways, I have been given the privilege to preach this morning, and so why don't you go ahead and open your Bibles in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, let's go ahead and read. Verses 10 through 20. We're going to read verses verse from verse 10 to 20. However, this morning we're only going to be focusing on the last three verses of this passage of Scripture from verse 18 through 20. But join me and read verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with the, with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Lord, once again we come before You and um, wanting with a desire to be instructed by you through your word and 
we ask that you would give us clarity of mind to and the eyes to see um, um, what your word, what's in your word, and what we the passage that we just read. And what a blessing we have, Lord, in the confidence that you you edify, you can instruct and edify your church through your word. Our confidence is in your word and we praise you for that. And so we know that you will also um, use your word this morning to encourage us, to instruct us, to bring conviction to our hearts. But our goal is that you would be honored, that you would be glorified in our lives and that we would grow in Christ-likeness as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, the book of Ephesians um, tells us that the Christian believer is in constant spiritual ba- in a spiritual battle. And that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces, against spiritual forces in the heavenly places. And I think that we are aware of this. Uh, I think you would agree that this is true. How do we know that this is true? Well, because we struggle with temptation. We struggle with our own sinful tendencies. We struggle with doubts, fears, etc., etc. But we also know that we have been called to stand firm against the schemes of the enemy of our souls. And we have been given the armor of God by which we can stand firm in the battle. But there are times when we can put our guards down and end up perhaps spiritually weak and defeated. Sometimes this happens because we ignore the command to take up the full armor of God. But but other times, oftentimes, this can potentially happen when we are in fact trying to seek to, uh, as Scripture says, take up the full armor of God. And in other words, this can occur when we are even trying to remain faithful to the Lord, wanting to conform our lives to Him in obedience to His Word, continually trusting in the Lord in faith, living in light in the light of the Gospel, etc. And yet, somehow we can get to a point where we are not... We not only feel spiritually weak, but in fact are spiritually weak and spiritually defeated. Why does this happen, you might ask? Well, there, are, there might be several reasons this could happen, but and unfortunately, one of the reasons we f- could find ourselves spiritually weak is due to our lack of prayer, our lack of of prayer. Scripture reminds us that the full armor of God, the Christian life itself, is dependent on prayer. Dependent on prayer. Dependent on our communion with God in prayer. So when we think about how can the Christian believer remain spiritually strong in order to be able to live the Christian life in submission to the will of God, or when we... Um, talk about the source of His strength to be able to obey the commandments of the Lord when when He seems to be weak and unable to do so. Scripture reminds us that prayer 
is the pri- one of the primary ways the believer is able to remain strong spiritually. And this, even in the midst of hardships and tribulations. And this is the reason why, for example, Paul in chapter 3, verse 16 of Ephesians says that, um, that he would pray would pray for the Ephesians believers that they would be strengthened through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Paul was praying that the Ephesians believers would be strengthened in their inner man so that they wouldn't lose heart at his tribulations. So having said that, our text this morning instructs us about the necessity to always, the necessity to always pray in order to remain spiritually strong and be able to stand firm in our walk with the Lord and stand firm in the midst of spiritual warfare. And so our passage, verses 18 through 20, will teach us five elements that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong. Number one, praying spiritually or in the Spirit. Number two, praying constantly. Number three, praying Variably. Number four, praying vigilantly. And number five, praying intentionally. Now let's step, let's step back for a little bit and look at the context of our passage. First of all, those of you who have read the book of Ephesians, you recall that in the beginning of the letter, Paul tells the believers the believers of Ephesus, about the spiritual blessings that they have in Christ. In chapter 1, verse 3, verse 3 says that they have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ and in everything else that comes with that. And so for the first three chapters, Paul instructs them, instructs the believers about the blessings and spiritual and their spiritual standing before God now that they are in Christ. But then in the second half of the book, chapters 4 through 6, Paul exhorts them to live in accordance to God's calling upon their lives and in accordance to all spiritual blessing that they now have in Christ. And throughout the letter, Paul uses phrases such as, walk as children of light. And the question is, why? Well, because he wanted them to live their theology. He wanted the, he, Paul wanted the Christian believers to live the theology that he had already instructed them in chapter from chapters one through three and finishes the book calling them to live in such a way. And so because now because of their spiritual because of their all the blessings that they have received, Paul exhorts them to put on the full armor of God. And that's how he ends the book in chapter 6. And he knows that he, they, they need to hear that. Why? Because of, Paul knows that about the spiritual opposition that all of them were going to have, and all believers have, from the moment they seek to live their theology, and from the moment they seek to live for the glory of God, they will also enter into a spiritual warfare. As a matter of fact, the moment you are saved... And so prayer is the only way that they're able to appropriate the armor of God, but prayer is also the way which, in which they wage war. 
And so Paul wanted the Ephesians to know how important prayer is in their lives in, in case they would feel tempted to think that because they have been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in Christ and because they can now understand the armor of God, that they would wrongly conclude that they could be self-sufficient or that they could try to put on the full armor of God and try to live the Christian life without being dependent on the Lord for the strengthening of their souls. And so, we mention this. Why do we mention this? We mention this because one of the greatest dangers to our walk with the Lord is the possibility to be tempted, us as well, to think that our prayer life is not going to be affected if we replace it with the idea perhaps that of, of listening good sermons or because we go to a biblical church, a solid church, where the Word of God is faithfully being preached and you're being fed the Word of God Sunday after Sunday. All of these things are absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. And we must make sure we're being fed the Word of God regularly. But we also need to be equally concerned with how much we're depending on the assistance of the Spirit of God through prayer in order to live out God's Word in our lives. So it is in this context then that we find our first element that we should that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong. And that is praying spiritually or as the Apostle Paul would say, praying in the Spirit. Verse 18 says, chapter 6, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. In the Spirit. What does it mean? The first question that comes to our mind is, what does it mean to pray, to pray in the Spirit? Well, the idea here is to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. And by dependent, we mean depending on Him for the strengthening of our inner man and by submitting ourselves to the will of God. This reminds us that about the, one of the spiritual realities of the Christian believers who have been saved and namely, that the Holy Spirit abides, that the Holy Spirit lives in us since the moment they are saved or we are saved, as John fourteen seventeen affirms. And so here again, on the context, the context of this passage, praying in the Spirit simply is referring to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives by functioning as the means for the strengthening of our souls when we are tired, perhaps, when we feel like we're unable to pray as we should, especially when we feel like we're spiritually burned out. Where do you draw your strength from? Where do you go to be renewed in, in your own heart, to have the, the, the strength to pray when you feel like you, you're too tired to pray? What well, is actually the Holy Spirit? We need to be reminded that it is through Him and Him by Him that we are also renewed in our, in our hearts, in our inner man, as Paul would put it. But secondly, it speaks about the reality of how we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to pray. To in, He's actually the one who intercedes on our behalf. 
to help us in our weakness so that we may be able to pray according to the will of God. According to the will of God. There's a passage from Romans chapter 6, verse 26, that I want you to turn your Bibles there. Let's go there for, to Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that illustrates this idea so well. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us, helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. And so all of this should be begging the question, should make us want to ask ourselves, am I praying in the Spirit? Am I, in other words, dependent on the Spirit of the Lord to be energized, to energize my, energize my heart, my soul before the Lord so that I can live the Christian life? And is it the Spirit of God Himself, the source of my strength, to fulfill what He has called you to do? Or, perhaps, are you and I depending on our own intellect or skill set or whatever it is, our own strength to live the Christian life. And yet Paul reminds us that our prayer life should be characterized by a constant dependence on the Spirit of God for, this, for strength and help constantly if we ought to remain spiritually strong. It is only through Him and in Him. Now the second element, this takes us again now to the second element that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong and that is praying constantly. Praying constantly. Again, verse 8 says, With all prayer and supplication, pray at all times. Pray at all times. What does it mean to pray at all times? Does it mean that I'm constantly nonstop just saying prayers nonstop that wouldn't be possible would it well the literary meaning of the word at all times means in all circumstances of life in all circumstances of life and it's interesting to see how most of us are moved to pray with a sense of urgency and seriousness during difficult times, but not so much when things seem to be going in the right direction. However, the text, the text is saying that we ought to pray constantly during difficult times. Yes, during trials and tribulations. Yes, etc. But not only during those times. What the text is actually saying is, Pray at all times. And again, the word at all times literally means during all circumstances of life. 
not only in the midst of trials and sufferings, but also by, at all times, even when things seem to, be, seem to be going well. Some have actually pointed out that the best way to understand the point here is that the prayer should be viewed as a lifestyle of persevering in prayer, not so much as a spiritual exercise that we do on certain occasions or during certain hours of the day, but a constant awareness of our need of God, trusting that He will hear our prayers, constantly depending on Him, constantly knowing that He hears our prayer, our prayers. First Thessalonians 5.17, actually there's another passage of Scripture where the, the, the Scripture commands us to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In Luke 18, 1-8, we actually read of a parable that our Lord told His disciples, disciples about the need to pray at all times and not lose heart. As a matter of fact, I want you, I want to, I want you to go to turn, turn your Bibles there to Luke chapter 18, verse 1-8. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. Verse 1 reads, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect men. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling to be to unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for His elect who cried to Him day and night and will He delayed over them? I tell you that He will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? And so again, what we... It's interesting that our Lord uses that, that word, pray at all times, even when He was talking about this parable. Pray at all times. Now, based on these passages of Scripture, we are encouraged to pray always. And that our prayer is not just some type of spiritual exercise that we do when we perhaps go to church or uh, sometimes when we do certain, during cer- certain circumstances of life. But if we are correctly understanding our text this morning, it is actually teaching us that believers remain strong spiritually when they pray always. When they pray always. When they pray at all times. When they are characterized, their life, their prayer life is characterized by always continually pray. And so our prayer life should also be characterized by an attitude and a desire to, constant, to pray constantly in, li- in light of the fact that the Lord is at work in our lives. 
He is at work in our lives. Now, the third element that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong is praying variably. Again, verse 18 actually began to be have the NASB. That's exactly how it starts. The, the, uh, verse 18 says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times. With all prayer and supplication. What, what, and that little phrase, what, 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 what is that emphasizing here? Well, when we say, when I say by praying and... Ver- Variably, I'm simply highlighting the idea that is found in this text, which is that there is a variety of different ways about how we can pray. Literally, the words, all prayers and supplications are simply making the distinction between prayer in general and praying for specific things. There are times when prayers can be general, sure, We can just pray for general things. Nothing in particular, nothing in particular in our minds. But there are times when we need to be very specific about the things that we're praying for. And verse 19 and 20 is an example of how the Apostle Paul prays for something very specific. And what does he ask? What is he praying for? He says he actually asked the Ephesians to pray on his behalf that utterance may be given to him, to me in the opening of my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. He's asking for something very... He's, he's being very particular about the thing that he's praying for. And this is very helpful for us as well because it shows that we also had to pray at all times, in all circumstances, whether it be praying general prayers or praying for things in, in a particular way, we need to pray at all times. Now, if we're going to be praying at all times, in all circumstances of life, that would also make sense. The reason that why that would be inevitably demand that we pray in various different ways. Why? Because we're going to find ourselves in different circumstances and our prayers are going to be different. And this would also include the different bodily forms, if you will, in which we can pray. We can pray on our knees, standing, laying down, etc., etc. The idea is to pray. The idea is to be constantly depending on the Lord in prayer. And 1 Timothy 2, 1, the Apostle Paul illustrates this point when he encourages Timothy to pray in a variety of ways. And he says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made on behalf of all people or on behalf of all men. All kinds of prayers. And since we're on the subject of prayer, there's a particularly... Particularly, there's a type of prayer that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong that is actually one of the most beneficial type of prayers in the life of the believers, and that is private prayer or closet prayer, as the Puritans would usually call it. Private prayer. 
And here what we have in mind is the passage that we find in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and, and, and 6. In the Sermon on the Mount, you'll recall Jesus is teaching His disciples how to pray, warning them how not to pray as well. And so why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 6 and see what's happening there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and and 6. And here our Lord says, When you pray, you're not a bit like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But... When you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Will reward you. On this very text, the Puritan Thomas Brooks, in his book, The Secret Key to Heaven, says the following, and I quote, Private prayer is the most soul-enriching of duties. Consider that as secret meals make fat bodies, so secret duties make fat souls. As secret trades bring in earthly riches, so secret prayers make many rich in spiritual blessings and in heavenly riches. Private prayer is the privy key of heaven that unlocks all treasures of glory to the soul. The best riches and the sweetest mercies God usually gives to His people when they, are, when they are in their closet, closets upon their knees, and just as the warmth, just as the warmth that chickens find by sitting under the hen's wing, cherishes them, so the graces of the saints are enlivened, and cherished, and strengthened by the sweet secret influences which they, which their soul fall under when they are in their closet communion with God. What a, what a comfort this is. No? And some of you have experienced that. And one of the sweetest moments in your prayer lives have taken place when you go in a, on your own and just pour your soul before the Lord. May this be an attitude as well with which you approach prayer. Not just as another duty in your Christian life, but as a lifestyle. As one who loves the Lord and delights himself in Him through prayer. The person who loves and is delighted to pray at all times because he loves to be in communion with God, such person is also going to be a spiritually strong believer. And so, this takes us to the fourth element that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong, and that's praying vigilantly. Praying vigilantly. Second half of verse 18 says, Pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance petitions for all the saints. But that word, be on the alert, it's key here. Paul is instructing the Ephesians to pray with a sense of concern about 
a potential threatening peril or particularly in a sense of expectation. And so in Luke 21, verses 34 to 36, you don't have to go there, but we see an example about this truth as well. Talking to his disciples about his return, Christ uses the same word, keep on the alert at all times. And why does he say that? He says that so that their heart would not be weighted down with dissipation while waiting for his return. Verse 34, as a matter of fact, says, Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation with, and drunkenness and worries of life. And that day will, will come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all, the, all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Some have rightly pointed out that there's a danger in wanting to minimize the importance of prayer. Not participating perhaps in prayer with other believers, perhaps by missing opportunities to pray for other believers, or simply by going through the day without just devoting without devoting much time to prayer. Now, your prayer life and, and mine should be characterized by the sense of expectation, by the sake by sense of expectancy, both as we wait for our Lord's return and in order to remain spiritually strong in the midst of our of the ongoing spiritual battle that we're in. And lastly, the fifth element that should characterize our prayer lives in order to remain spiritually strong is to pray intentionally. Praying intentionally. Verse 18 ends, Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. For all the saints. That word, with all perseverance, that phrase, with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, the idea here with that phrase is that we must persevere in prayer and that our prayer shouldn't be focused on ourselves, but also on others, on other believers. Brothers and sisters, what percentage of your time or what percentage of my time in prayer it's usually devoted for praying for other believers, to pray for other believers? How much of our time that we spend in prayer on our everyday, on a, on a daily basis, is actually time that is devoted to pray for other people? And that's very convicting per, to me personally. And yet again, this is this is one of the elements that should characterize our prayer lives. Pray, persevere, and petition for all the saints, as Paul would say. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 14, you don't have to go there, but there's, you find also an example of how the disciples prayed for others, for other believers, and with other believers as well. So that the text says that they were, they were in all in one mind and they were continually devoting them, themselves to prayer.
prayer is so vital. In conclusion, prayer is so vital to the Christian life. It is so foundational. It is our duty, yes, but it is also our greatest gift. In prayer, we are strengthened to live the Christian life. Prayer is the place where we are most rewarded as we read in Matthew 6, 6. It is the place where the Lord sanctifies us. Oftentimes by bringing to our minds His Word, either to convict us of sin or to encourage us with His promises or to strengthen us and to reassure us that He is with us. And let me finish by reading once again the words of Thomas Brooks that we mentioned we read a few moments ago. And I quote, Prayer, private prayer, is the privy key of heaven that unlocks all treasures of glory to the soul. The best riches and the sweetest, sweetest mercies that God usually gives to His people when they are in their closets, upon their knees. And just as the warmth the chickens find by sitting under the hen's wing cherishes them so the graces of the saints are enlivened and cherished and strengthened by the sweet secret influences which their souls fall under when they are in closet communion with God. And so my prayer for you and I this morning is that you would be reminded and you would also be encouraged. What a gift we have been given to be able to go to the Lord and just have communion with Him through prayer. What a delight. Were we deserved? Did we deserve this such a gift? No. It is only by the grace of God that we have been granted such a marvelous gift. And yet it is at our disposal. At any moment... When I am driving my car, I can just pour out my heart before the Lord. He knows exactly, even He knows exactly what I need to say. What a comfort is that even when I don't know the words, the right, and how to pray, the Holy Spirit is right there with deep groanings interceding for us on our behalf. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's such a comforting truth to me. that I can depend on Him and know for sure that it's not just a duty. It is my secret place. It is my refuge and strength that I can find when I go to the Lord in prayer. What a, what a blessing we have. And so the Apostle Paul, no wonder, finished the epistle to the Ephesians saying, if you are to if you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the spiritual, in the heavenly places, and you are to walk and you are to live out your theology, and you are, if you and you need to, and if you are going to take up the full armor of God, then that's only going to happen along with prayer, not divorced from prayer. And so, let us go home, back home, and. Throughout the week, think about these words and perhaps even pray Ephesians chapter 6, verses 8 through 20 and say, Lord, allow me to grow 
in my in the area of, of, of my, in my prayer life because you've given us a wonderful gift and the ability and the grace that we can just go to you in prayer and know that you will you will hear us let's go ahead and pray Lord thank you once again what a comfort to our souls your word is we thank you that even though we are at times because of our pride we we think that we don't need to pray as much as we should and yet you are sweetly reminding us that what a gift we have in prayer and that it is only through prayer that we can also stand firm against the schemes of the enemy thank you for your word again in Christ in Christ's name we pray